It has more Oscar nominations, more Oscar wins. It spent less and made more. It had more story and less amount of time. It had better actors. That's well, not a knock on the movie at all. I'm I'm not knocking the movie. May, may the best man win in, in this debate. May the best movie win. And we Welcome to Backseat Directing. Where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and more. We're your hosts. Andrew. And Aaron. And we post new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're debating which movie was better. The Batman or The Dark Knight? <clears throat> the Batman. Three, two, one, action. I think you um, <clears throat> coughed wrong. You yeah. <laughs> the Batman is, I think, what you meant to say. <clears throat> the Dark Knight. No, no, no. I think it's still coming out. <clears throat> the Batman. <laughs> Try to hear it. Try to hear it. I, might have, I might have accidentally said the Batman. You know, I thought <laughs> you did, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> because that's what's on my screen right now. It's your subconscious knows that it's the true uh, answer. My self-conscious knows that you needed a, a head start in this argument. Mm, okay, so okay. I see you. I see you. We, we often do debates on the show. Today we're going to debate something near and dear to both of our hearts, which, what is a better movie, The Batman from 2022 or The Dark Knight from 2008? Two legendary movies in their own right. We're not going to say that either of us doesn't respect the other person's choice. I will be taking the stance that The Dark Knight is the better movie and one of the best movies of all time. And Aaron? I'll be doing the same, but for the Batman. And, and may, may the best man win in, in this debate. May the best movie win. And we, we both know that a lot of people are already going to have their minds made up before we even have this conversation, oh, long absolutely. before we even had this conversation. Yeah, definitely. But maybe we'll see if we can make people doubt themselves a little bit with some of our points. Yeah. I, I love both of these movies. And you right there saying that The Batman came out in 2022 and that The Dark Knight came out in 2008 is like, wow, 14 years apart. It doesn't feel like they were that far apart, does it? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it seems like The Dark Knight is still so relevant. And I know I'm kind of bringing up your movie here, but it's crazy that it's 14 years between I mean, these two movies. I still see people like often, like weekly, wearing T-shirts with, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker or having tattoos of Heath Ledger's Joker or having... You know, the iconic image from the poster of Batman standing in front of the burning building on a T-shirt. And even with 2022's Batman being as recent, I feel like I see more of the Dark Knight's as cultural influence. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is time, right? I think time makes uh, the love for it grow. But then also there's been three movies for that franchise. And in this debate which i've been i've been told when i brought this up to our other friends i've been told that this is an unfair debate that i have an unfair advantage my movie is so much better that aaron is starting out behind the starting blocks and um i want to just let the audience know that i gave aaron the chance to come after me with uh batman begins an origin story versus an origin story begins versus uh the batman which i still would have argued that begins is better and aaron said no he said, do you, do you honestly think the B Batman Begins is better than the Batman, though? I do. I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it was true. 
I mean, in the, we haven't started the debate really yet. Come on. But Aaron, Aaron, you, you, Aaron sometimes listen, when listen. we do this podcast, we take sides that maybe we're not 100% on. I know. You honestly think that the Batman Begins is better than the Batman? Yes. No way. Chris Nolan outdid him. It's it's my boy. It's, it's Chris no Nolan. Way. But Aaron, Aaron, when I offered him the chance, he said, no, hit me with the best movie you've got. And the best movie I've got is The Dark Knight. So Aaron said, give me the challenge. Yeah. Pass me the ball, coach. Yeah, because I mean, that's the... I feel like that's the movie comparison that most people are going to think of in their head. I feel like most people forget about Batman Begins. It's not even named the same as the other movies in the trilogy. It's the forgotten stepchild of the trilogy. Yeah, but it's the foundation that built the trilogy. Yeah, it is. Wouldn't exist without it, obviously. But no one remembers it. That's not true. <laughs> people look on it less favorably, but that's just because the other two movies are so good. Yeah. Okay, so the way that we're going to break this down and kind of discuss uh, our debate here is through the categories of how we rate a movie. And we break down a movie into six categories, each of which maybe hold a different weight and have a point allotted, a point number allotted to them based on how important it is to the overall rating. So that's kind of how we're going to go through this story or sorry, through this uh, debate here. So our categories are story, acting, cinematography, sound design, set slash character design, and then rewatchability. Yeah, they have weighted values. So the first, uh, the first four have a value of ten, while the last two have a value of five each. Correct. Um, so, how do you want to go about this? Do you want to do all of our ratings first, or do you want to do? Let's argue one rating, rating for one, and then we talk about why we gave it that rating and what we yeah, think. We'll recap our ratings at the end, and just know, audience. If you're sitting in your seat and Aaron gives the Dark Knight a trash rating and you're writhing because you wish you could scream in his face, I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're not going to like my rating, but I feel like the in each category, I feel like there's not that much separation for me. But like the overall rating ended up coming out to there's there's some difference there. Yeah, my end rating, you'll see a point only a point six gap, Okay, which so is you, pretty significant. So you love the Batman. I do love the Batman. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> do you love the Dark Knight? I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our first category is story. Andrew, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Um, for a story, I gave the Batman an 8 out of 10. Phenomenal story. That's a really high score. And I gave the Dark Knight a perfect score of a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10? Jeez, man. Gee, you better stop being surprised by those. I gave... I guess I'll go with yours first since you went with mine first. I gave the story an 8.5 out of 10 for The Dark Knight and then a 9 out of 10 for The Batman. So you think that The Batman has legitimately a better story than The Dark Knight? Yes. I mean, that's I, why I gave it a higher I think score. That's, I think that's, Do you know how ratings work? I guess we got to stop asking each other that, but it's just hard to believe. I mean, the, the Batman story is really good. I like the investigative aspect. I like the... Um, I like the way that the inspiration is clearly taken from Seven. Matt Reeves was inspired by David Fincher's movie. And I like the investigative aspect, but the story is, for me, always rooted in the relationships. And I feel the relationship dynamic so much stronger between characters in The Dark Knight. I mean, just like looking at the look behind Christian Bale's eyes when he's watching Harvey talk at the dinner table, where he's watching Aaron Eckhart's performance, he's like... Um, 
Rachel says the last person appointed to control was Caesar and he never gave up his power. And he said, fine, you know, either you die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and seeing the relationship develop where, you know, Bruce goes from seeing, uh, you know, Harvey as just the, the relationship counterpart to the woman he loves to respecting him on top of all that, like, and, and he's like, I'll throw you a fundraiser with my friends and you know, one fundraiser with my friends, you'll never need another cent. Like he throws, it's, it's the, the story aspect of the, the Bruce Wayne behind the Bruce Wayne. And then you've got like the Bruce Wayne behind the Bruce Wayne behind the Batman. Like there's three characters there. There's who he really is at his core, who he portrays to the public. And then there's like the persona of the Batman of fear that he puts on. And I mean, the Batman only really, that story carries one character. As strong as his presence is in the film, there's Bruce Wayne and Batman are truly one, you know? And, and that can be a strength for some people. It just, I preferred it the Dark Knight's route. Yeah, and I think it is a strength for this one. I think that it does a good job. And I know we don't have the next movies coming up, but I, I, it makes me so excited for the next movies to come up because this truly feels like it could be a part one in a three-story structure uh, to where number movie two and part three kind of continue and develop to where we get to see Bruce Wayne go through this arc of improvement, you know, and discovery. Um, and we we got to see that in The Batman Begins with uh, Christian Bale's Batman. You get to see the same thing in The Dark Knight. But it was a lot faster. Um, and I think I really liked the approach that the Batman took, that he is this broken down character, that he is still young and immature and doesn't really know why he is the Batman and doesn't know how to balance it with being a real human, a real uh, public figure, uh, even above a human, because just living a regular life while being a vigilante has to be really hard. But then also having to be this huge billionaire public figure is even harder than that. You know, like that's that's hard even in the real world, you know, just always being in the spotlight. So he hasn't figured out that balance. And I think that's a strength of the story because now we get to see his his development of how he does uh, learn all of that. And I know we're talking about movies that haven't been made yet, but I love how they did that in this first movie. And. You said that the story is rooted in the character relationships. I thought all the relationships here were really unique. We got to see him interacting with Gordon and stuff uh, more than we have in The Dark Knight. And I really liked the detective aspect of it. I loved how it was even more grounded than The Dark Knight, which I don't even know how that was even possible because The Dark Knight was already like really grounded. But this was really gritty. We got to really see the character of Gotham City, um, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later. But yeah, I'm just more partial to the Batman's story. I feel like they both have really good arcs when it comes to story. I mean, you've got the Batman arc, which is him going from, you know, a, a kind of a vessel of revenge and vessel of anger and hate to the symbol of hope by the end of the movie that he's trying to change to be when he's letting that kid off into the helicopter. Beautiful arc. But then I think there's also this beautiful arc in The Dark Knight where Bruce goes from wanting to give up being Batman for selfish reasons and he kind of went to becoming Batman at the very core and begins for somewhat selfish reasons too. So now he's trying to give it up because he can't be with the woman he loves 
and everyone's and Alfred's in his ear telling him that Batman can be more. He can be more than just a hero. And coming to the very end of the movie where he's willing to give up being Batman, you know, for unselfish reasons, where he's willing to give up being Batman and make himself the villain in order to do what's ultimately best for everyone else. So I think there's still a good character arc. Only to me, the Dark Knight has individual character arcs for all the other characters. Whereas the Batman has character arcs for Batman and for Selina Kyle. The Dark Knight has character arcs for um, Aaron Eckhart, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker doesn't change very much, but for Aaron Eckhart at turning into Two-Face, uh, there's a arc for Alfred, for Lucius Fox, for Gordon, and for Batman, for all these characters that feel like, I feel like the story of this movie incorporates a Bat family, even though people might be upset that these movies don't want to touch on like any of the Robins or a Batgirl. Traditionally, Lucius Fox, Alfred, and Jim Gordon are also considered members of the Bat family. I mean, in the, in the DC's comic book storyline, when he's got all the people on his GPS, he's got trackers and all the members of the Bat family, he has them in Gordon also, you know, and he has them in Alfred. So it still displays the Bat family, just maybe not with certain characters that we would love to see. So I, I think that those relationship dynamics, I and plus just getting, to, we'll talk about this more in acting, but getting to see a scene shared between Morgan Freeman and Christian Bale or Christian Bale and Gary Oldman, I mean, that it doesn't matter what roles they're even playing to me. Just the fact that this movie contains that is amazing. Yeah, I I think the character development of all those characters that you mentioned in The Dark Knight is definitely a strength of the movie, and I'm not going to deny that. Um, and I can't argue against that. Like I agree with you. Uh, for the Batman, I I like how it's this imperfect story, this realistic story in terms of. But Batman makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and I like that, though. I like the the kind of human element behind the story. Like, he, he it's criticized sometimes that uh, he didn't even realize that he's supposed to be the symbol of hope until it was kind of too late, you know, until it's kind of already happening. And then he realizes, like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I like that. I, like, I feel like that's a natural progression of how things happen. Um, Don't you also feel like, can you admit that the pacing in The Dark Knight is much better than the pacing in The Batman? I feel like there's more fat you could trim off of The Batman because the, the Dark Knight is what, like two and a half hours long? Yeah, I got it right here. It's two hours and 32 minutes. Whereas The Batman's three hours long. Two hours and 56. So there, that's like an extra 20 minutes onto that movie, which I think that The Batman moves at a much, or The Dark Knight moves at a much faster clip. And mm -hmm. there's just kind of this like, urgency the dialogue is the dialogue is better so i'm gripped more by the dialogue with individual characters where there's probably less words said in the batman even though it's a 20 minute longer movie so like the dialogue to me is just more entertaining in the batman the character relationships are more entertaining and then they have more story occur in less time so it's inherently more jam-packed and interesting whereas the batman has kind of little less story happen in a longer time yeah i i can see how you can say that you can cut out more of the batman than you could the Dark Knight, but I don't necessarily think that is a negative towards either movie because one of the things that I like so much about the Batman is something that we're going to get into later, and that's the visual uh, storytelling that they imply, the very stylistic approach to the movie, to the character, to Gotham City, and how they present all of that. And I really enjoyed spending time in Gotham City, spending time with this broken hero, Batman. You know, like I, I liked those extra moments 
where it was a little bit slower, which normally in movies, I do like it when it's more fast paced. Like I just watched uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and that movie is very fast. They don't waste any time, you know, like they're developing the story and the setup for the in the first act for the next two acts. But it's happening like so quick. And, but it's all like cohesive and understandable. And I love that pacing. But then for the Batman, I I like that it's really slow. But part of that is because of the the visuals that we get to see. And we'll kind of dive into that more when we get to cinematography, which is two more categories down. So um, I see what you're saying about the dialogue and how maybe there's some fat in the Batman. But I, I, I think that's a strength coming a little bit later in our argument. Okay, we'll see how you defend it. Do you want to talk about acting? Yeah, let's go that into acting. Sense. This category is also out of 10. Andrew, for both The Batman and The Dark Knight, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. So for The Batman, I gave the acting an 8 out of 10. Um, a lot of that rests on Robert Pattinson's shoulders, a lot of the strength of that score. And then for The Dark Knight, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I... I figured you were going to give the acting a 10 out of 10 and I I can agree with your 10 out of 10 from like your perspective. Um, I know you really like Heath Ledger as a Joker. Joker is one of your favorite characters of all time. I mean, you have him tattooed on your arm. Um, so I, I know that you're really like attached to them. Well, I think but I would... feel like for me, outside, like I feel like for me, Christian Bale's performance was lower than all of his surrounding cast. I I definitely don't think it was his lower than all the surrounding cast. I think the best performance in the movie is Heath Ledger's Joker, yes. Uh, I do think that potentially there's an argument to be made that Heath Ledger's Joker is the best performance in cinematic history. It's really amazing, so much so that it might overshadow an, another great performance like Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face is like... Well might, done. might be the second best villain performance in any live action Batman movie, but it just happens to be side by side on screen with the best performance. And that his performance is really, really phenomenal. I'm so glad he was cast as Two-Face. And then, like you said, it might even overshadow some of the aspects of Christian Bale's performance, which Christian Bale's performance is, in my opinion, still really good. Like I said, it's it hones, it's he hones in on the multiple personalities that he has to portray. Like when it's just him and Alfred, he like there's some brevity to him. There's some lightness. There's some jokes like uh, talking about being bitten by the dogs. He's like it was it was a it was a big dog. Or like talking to Lucius. He's like it'll do fine against cats. See, but I they feel kinda... like at times Christian Bale's a little stiff as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. I mean, sorry, I'm just trying to just trying to take it in. <laughs> you were, I could see like the wheels <laughs> turning there. Like you're trying to process. Let, like, like, let, let me just give you like. You a, want me to say it again? Uh, so me, you have no, another. I want to. I want a calculated, measured response. That's calm. Um, calmness is key, you know, in a debate. So. Oh right. Uh, Christian Bale is one of the absolute best actors of our generation. Abs. You know, this, these words that you guys are hearing are coming from a guy who said he didn't even like American Psycho, but Christian Bale's performance in this is layered because. It's tempered by self-restraint because he constantly, when he's out in public, has to be thinking about how he's portraying himself. When he is going out as Batman, he has to portray a certain persona. He has to be a symbol. You know, he has to be fear. He has to ignite, you know, this 
these rumblings in the criminal underworld, when he's going out as Bruce Wayne, he has to have that playboy persona. He can't say anything wrong. When they're all sitting around the dinner table, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, talking about the Batman, he can't support the Batman. He can't support what he believes in with his whole heart. He can't be that person. He has to be Bruce Wayne, the playboy billionaire. And then when he's sitting alone with Alfred, that I think is when he's at his least reserved. You see the real Bruce and he's lighter. Like he's, he's not... Who he is as a person is serious. The mission he's going on is deadly serious, you know? He has to be a person of extreme moral conviction. So he's not making quips or he's not Spider-Man-esque. He's, he, but he, he, so he is a little more serious, but I think the performance is very layered and I don't think I would say it's like stiff or I don't think, I don't think it's lacking emotion. I think there's just a lot of subtext that he's portraying to the audience. Like all the internal turmoil within him does not spill out as much physically. Like yeah. it's more akin to Heath Ledger's performance in Brokeback Mountain, where we talked about a lot in a previous episode. That's a lot about self-control and restraint and hiding who you are. So yeah, that's like I, in that performance in Brokeback Mountain from Heath Ledger, like you can see that there's more going on, even though he's putting on this display in front of everyone else. And it's such a good display that no one else can necessarily like see through it. But when you're like in close up shots of the camera and stuff, like, we as the audience, we know that there's something else going on. But it's but I same. feel like I don't get that from Christian Bale as much. I don't know how you don't get role. it because I could think of a number, especially of when he's playing Bruce Wayne like in front of everyone. Well, look at him. In that's I think that's my least favorite. Every and then the Bruce Wayne with Alfred, and then I like his Batman. Every but, second of him portraying the fake Bruce Wayne persona, you have to like, look behind I his... I just don't believe it. He's, you can, it's just not believable. You can see me. him, the thoughts behind his eyes while Harvey talks. You can see it while he's giving the speech about Harvey, saying, I believe in Harvey Dent. He's really, truly supporting him. Like He's saying what he truly thinks, not being an ass. And then you can see it like later when he's talking to Rachel. You can see it when he's sitting at the press conference and they're saying, no more dead cops. Like You can see it like him... The wheels turning behind his head. He's like, I need to step forward. And then they say no more dead cops. And you can see like, he's like, all right, I'm done. I'm giving myself up. He goes to step forward. And then, you know, Harvey takes the fall instead. But every moment I think that he's on screen in public as Bruce, as Bruce Wayne, I can see what the, what the director wants us to understand from what he's thinking in his head. Yeah. But I can see that maybe through more of the direction of the movie and the other actions that are going on. Uh, like I, I don't believe Christian Bale as this like billionaire playboy, you know, like dude, he's like, let's put some tables together. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they'll let us. Oh, they should. I own the place. Like there's this cocky bravado, this little smirk. He's going back and forth with Harvey. Like you should know the jurisdiction of where your jurisdiction ends if you're going to be. Like he's mouthing off to him. You know, he's. You can see that he is jealous of Harvey. You can, and then you see that in that dinner table scene. I referenced a bunch melting out of jealousy into respect you know and that's when he gives him the the don't the the party that he throws for him like you can see his opinion forming simultaneously as bruce wayne and then you can see the way he interacts with him later he's now earned his respect and he joins the fight with gordon and batman like he passes bruce wayne's test in order to work with batman i mean I think that it's really good i think that the acting is incredible in the batman also there's no need for me to say that but the acting under the cowl, if you go back and look at our previous episodes, you can find me saying how phenomenal Robert Pattinson's acting is under the cowl, the yeah, jaw you can, and the eyes. Yeah, you can really see his motion come out through the suit. And part of that is that his, his suit is maybe a little bit more dynamic than the Dark Knight. You know, like he can move a little bit more freely, it seems. 
And I think also just the way that the, the eye line is and the jawline, like you said, you can see more of his face. You can really see his eyes really clearly. So it allows you to see his emotion that he's displaying when he is yeah. Batman. But seriously, um, just again, going to my supporting cast, like just look at this category for acting for The Dark Knight. You've got Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman. Like you've got this absolutely stacked cast. You've got uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. You've got like so much incredible talent in this movie. And yes, the cast of the Batman is good, but I like, feel like it's also it's pretty not, stacked. It's too. not that. It's not that, dude. I mean, we got Zoe Kravitz. Yep, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, John Turturro. Tur so people so famous, Aaron's not even sure how to say their names. I can't say anyone's names. You know that. You say uh, Morgan Freeman? Morgan. Um, Andy Serkis. So, like, the stack or the, the cast of the Batman is also pretty stacked, you know? Yeah, but any of those people that I named, like, they are big. Morgan Freeman is bigger than Andy Serkis. Like, Gary Oldman is, uh, like, an Oscar-winning actor. Like, these, this is rich talent and while the yeah, talent they didn't the batman, win those oscars from the batman or from the dark knight you but know speaking like, of oscars my movie did win an oscar and yours didn't catch a nomination <laughs> so it's it not a nomination didn't it oh no it did what costume design three. three nominations yours didn't win any oscars mine won best supporting actor yeah rightfully so exactly but wouldn't you also say that some of the nominations for the batman should have won i'd say they should have won for cinematography but they didn't even get nominated my computer's loading here of which ones they got nominated for. Here we go. They got nominated for Best Sound, Achievement in Visual Effects, and Makeup and Hairstyle. I feel like they could have been nominated for uh, uh, Score as well, which that's another one of our categories that we'll get into. Yeah, uh, my... Uh... So yours was nominated for three Oscars, and mine, The Dark Knight, won two. Two? What was the second one? So it won for, let's see. Oh, you know what? The other one that it won was a BAFTA, but it was nominated. For, mm. Wait, hold on. Hold on here. Mm. There's a continue reading. Okay, no, it did win for best sound editing. So The Dark Knight has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nominations. Uh, it was nominated for and won for Best Performance for an Actor in a Supporting Role for Heath Ledger. It was nominated for Best Achievement in Cinematography for Wally Pfister, but did not win. Nominated for Editing for Lee Smith. Nominated for Art Direction. Nominated for Makeup. Nominated for Sound Mixing. Nominated for Sound Editing and won, and also nominated for Visual Effects. So, I mean, kind of takes the cake there. And then also you got the fact that The Dark Knight on IMDb is rated number three as the third best movie of all time on IMDb ratings, whereas the Batman I don't think is anywhere to be found in the IMDb top 100 at all. I feel like that's heavily because of... Um, Heath Ledger, you want to say? Heath Ledger and Christopher Nolan. And Christopher Nolan's the filmmaker. He's the yeah. in the heart and soul of everything in the movie, so that's valid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> I why mean, I said it. What do you that's, mean? That's not a knock on the movie at all. I'm, I'm not knocking the movie. You said it like it was. <laughs> <laughs> um shall we get to cinematography our next category let's do it our next category is going to be cinematography now on a scale of zero to ten what did you rate both of these movies 
On a scale of 0 to 10, for The Dark Knight, I gave it an 8 out of 10. And then for the cinematography, I gave it a 10 out of 10 for The Batman. That uh, that mirrors exactly the scores that I have as well. 8 out of 10 for The Dark Knight, 10 out of 10 for The Batman. I think the cinematography is the favorite part of this movie for me. And it's why it keeps me coming back to this movie over and over and over again. It's why it lives in my head rent free. You know, I'm always thinking about this movie of how they set up shots, how they move the story forward with the camera motions, the, the focus points from having the like old anamorphic lenses, you know, that really distorted the frame and uh, really drawed your focus to one spot that they, that the director really wanted you to look at. Um, just and in this category of cinematography we also include for this rating we include like the special effects the composition the camera movement the editing um pretty much anything that you see on the camera is from this i think the um way that they presented the batman the opening scene where we get introduced to the batman for the first time was perfect it was beautiful the uh narration was menacing at every corner where they showed a dark little alley, you thought the Batman was coming out of there, but then he's explaining that he can't be everywhere at once. But the symbol of fear is what makes him everywhere all at the same time. You know, I, I just think it's so cool um, how they presented this movie. I feel like at any point throughout the Batman, you could pause the frame and grab a screen grab and it could be a wallpaper or a poster. Well, the thing, and, and we don't have much to argue here because we gave it the same score, but the thing that I'll say in favor of The Dark Knight is that at any point in the movie, you could pause it and most people would be able to look and recognize what movie it is because the movie has so much iconic imagery presented in it, whether it's the Joker's face or Batman's suit or the scenery in the different locations that I think they filmed in like a big city like in Chicago, but the the clothing the for all the characters the vehicles are also iconic that i think that lends to the composition in the frames everything like that you'd be able to you'd be able to pick that out as the dark knight relatively easily from almost any frame in the movie and i think that goes even for like some more casual viewers of movies or superhero movies too it's just this movie like the the way this movie looks built up the way a lot of movies look in the future obviously we can't ignore the fact that the Batman is somewhat inspired by the Dark Knight. It has to be. You know, it's the last one that came before. It's hugely, not directly before, you know, for Dark Knight Rises, obviously, but um, it is a movie that everyone respected and changed the way that they made live-action comic book adaptations. Changed the, it changed film beyond superhero movies also. I think a strong suit for the Batman, or sorry, for the Dark Knight in the cinematography category is their use of like practical effects uh, for both movies too yeah and I, I was gonna say that i think the batman um delivered on that as well and maybe upped it in certain parts of the cinematography i mean we both can agree with that we both gave it the same score of the batman being a little bit higher um the camera movement just i think more entertaining in the batman but the batman does it is really beautiful. There's a lot of really nice helicopter shots following the Batman through the air in China. Open the opening shot coming up to the window being destroyed at the bank heist in the beginning. There's a lot of really cool aerial shots. You know, The Dark Knight is is filmed really, really well. It's up there in the league of all movies. 
I just think that the Batman is like one of the peak examples of cinematography. I think the Batman is a lot more unique, a lot more creative. Their POV shots with are their shots, but also just how they use cinematography to tell the story. We're a lot more close and personal with Batman, with the Dark Knight. We're a little bit we're there's like a barrier, you know, which can also go towards the storytelling of the Dark Knight. You know, there's there's a barrier in the story between Bruce Wayne and everyone else, uh, the Batman and everyone else. But there's also a barrier between the audience as well. Like we don't get as many close shots with the Batman. Like when he finds out that um, uh, what's his girlfriend's name Rachel. who died when yeah when Rachel died like that the shot is like kind of over his shoulder. He's facing away from us. We don't really get to see the emotion on Christian Bale's face that much. You know like. Uh, it's from like kind of a side profile from the back, but in the Batman, we're like up close and personal. We really get to see all the ups and downs of his emotions, whether when he's in the suit or out of the suit, uh, it's a lot closer. And like you said, the POV shots, like we're, we're on the car, we're in the car, we're, we're jumping off of the building with him. Like it just made it seem a lot more personal as if like, I'm there with Batman, or maybe I am Batman myself. But still, with the way that the the Dark Knight is shot, I have to say that a lot of what Chris Nolan does is in what he doesn't show you. Like that, he's, he's characteristic of these following shots, following people from behind, making you feel kind of like a voyeur or like you're creeping into the story yourself. So you get these behind the back shots of the Joker when you first see him where they're controlling, you don't see his face until he finally has that big unmasking moment. Or you get this side profile of Two-Face in the hospital bed before they unveil his damaged other half of his face, which is one of the few elements in the movie that they did do with special effects, just because they found that adding anything onto his face just looked like an addition and they couldn't make it look like it was sub subtracted from the skin. But they did use a lot of practical effects. They had like a, a scale model of the tumbler, like a one eighth scale model or something like that. They yeah. they really blew up like Batman used had real a live, explosives. Live size Batmobile. <laughs> they also had a life size tumbler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I I think both both movies did a good job in cinematography. We always respect practical filmmaking too, both of us. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, this the cinematography for the Batman is like that's what I compare, you know, the 10 out of 10, like whenever we're rating cinematography for any other movie, like that's what I'm comparing it to. Like, yeah, that was it runner. unique? Was it, was it, did they really commit to a specific style? You know, like, did they use the camera movement, the focus racking, like to tell the story? And I think the Batman is like a, a workshop of how to do that, you know? Yeah, but our next category that we have to get to is for sound design. And for me, this is an easy dub, but uh, I'll, I'll let you argue your side. Um, for sound design, I gave the Batman a 9 out of 10, extremely high, respectable score, but I gave the Dark Knight a 10 out of 10. Yeah, um, my scores are very similar, um, but they have a little bit more of a difference than yours, but they're both pretty high, I would say. Uh, for the Dark Knight, I have it at an 8 out of 10, and for the sound design for the Batman, I gave it a 10 out of 10. And the reason I gave it a 10 out of 10 is because of how long the score and the sound design stayed with me after I watched the movie. Um, I'm, I am not a musical person. I'm not connected to music. Like I, I 
don't remember music as much as like you do like you remember lines and lyrics and melodies and stuff really well like that's just not how i relate to things um and for me i think since i saw the batman in the theater and like the tone just stuck with me for days like i was humming the dum, 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 you know like in my head for for weeks after the fact you know um but that's not to say that the dark knight wasn't top tier as well well the thing for me about the dark knight that really puts it over the edge is similar to what you said about cinematography how the music lends to the storytelling because they purposely had james newton howard do the music for bruce wayne and then they had hans zimmer do the music for batman so you've got two different personalities in the one individual displayed by these two different complete music that musical personalities that they went as far as to have different people create them i just feel like that's a brilliant idea brilliant storytelling and then also a trick of getting the movie to have the names of two of the most iconic composers of all time on the same movie james newton howard and hans zimmer both on the same soundtrack for this movie doing the score that's freaking insane that is so crazy and it just sounds so good the end music at the end of the dark night when those drums come in when those hans zimmer drums come in it's and that like my heart starts racing faster like i get excited pulls me to the edge of my seat if i'm like laying down and i hear those hans zimmer drums from the end of the dark night i'll shoot upright like a frankenstein or something like getting hit by a bolt of energy to come out of the dead it's it's just so good and I, I really love the way they did it. I mean, not even touching on so far the music for the Joker, which is just this like really creepy, eerie like music. I mean, the music for the Riddler is phenomenal. I like that like melodic, the angelic like, oh, but like the Riddler's just these creepy strings like the Joker. Uh, the Joker. Yeah, the Joker's just those like that so eerie, like it's so perfectly fitting for him. Yeah, they're both really good. And uh but but part of what goes into sound design is also like the the sound effects that you hear the foley that you hear you know like the footsteps like when when batman's walking down the hallway when we first get introduced to him the sounds of the the punches you know the the sound of the engine from the batmobile when it first starts up and uh all that stuff i feel like that's just it's so vivid in my brain like i can see back the shots from like the cinematography but then i can hear those shots in my head yeah. like it's so vivid like just the the car chase the the batman um fight scenes you know like i can hear the bullets in my head right now firing and rattling off of him when he's walking down that hallway and there's no light except the muzzle flashes like i can hear that in my head right now I can um, hear so many random sounds from the Dark Knight in my head too, like yeah. the sound when he when they crack the window open in the opening shot and shoot the grappling hook, or the sound when the two cords like whoosh, and intertwine together to take out the helicopter, the sound of like <clears throat> like the the tumbler like ramping up to take that blow from the rocket launcher. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can hear him so clearly as well. It's just like yeah. I don't know. I wish I could replicate them with my mouth, but I can't. <laughs> Give it a give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So for me, sound design ten out of ten for the Batman, eight out of ten for the Dark Knight. But I love them both. Um, shall we go on to the next category? I'm ready for it if you are. All right, our next category is out of five points, uh, and this is set slash character design, which 
this should be relatively similar, right? Because a lot of the characters are similar and the same, you know, at least for the Batman suit and all that stuff. Um, I ended up giving both a four out of five. Andrew, what did you give them? So I gave um, the Batman a five out of five for set slash character design. And the Dark Knight, I gave a four out of five. Nice. This is one that I can see kind of going up a little bit for the Batman to that five. But I think the four is a good spot. I think the cinematography also really helped the set and stuff. But the Gotham City that we got to see in the Batman is the best Gotham City that we've seen in live action. Um, it's I can neither confirm or deny. It's a you agree. It's the it's an an extra character. I mean the the bat the Gotham City that we see in the Dark Knight is completely different than the Gotham City that we see in the Batman Begins. Like they don't even have continuity across their movies with the uh, Gotham City, but in the Batman, like we see this really dark, rainy city with all these red tones, these yellow tones. A lot of the time they spend in Batman Begins is in like the like the gutter area of Gotham City, and then in the Dark Knight, a lot of the time is in this more like metropolitan side like downtown manhattan side so i think that they're just kind of different areas of the city they, they mention it that area of the city in batman begins that like they're trying to gas is like what the league of Assassins considers like the scourge area of gotham city yeah i feel like they just didn't connect it very well with between the two movies they look like two completely different places i can see that complaint i mean i think that what they did in the Batman with the like the volume work and the the like designing a city to their own needs, I mean part of that is just getting to make a movie that's fourteen years in the future. But I, I really like the simplistic approach and realistic approach that Nolan took of just using a city like Chicago or a metropolitan area to make it feel more like the real world. Mm -hmm. um, I think it looked fine in the Dark Knight, the city itself, but like. It didn't look unique to the story like you said it just looks it just looks like chicago you know but i think for this there's there's a style behind it and then also if we break down just like how the characters look the joker looks phenomenal right yeah i think the batman in the batman his suit way better than christian bale's suit in the dark knight i can either confirm or deny okay so you agree <laughs> I said I could either confirm that. Um, the, I mean, we've already kind of talked about it. You get to see more of his jaw. The, you get to see his eyes really well. I think the kind of it, it looks more metallic. You know, um, I like the the tasers that he has on his arm, on his forearms and stuff. Like he he looks tough, menacing, more flexible, uh, stronger. Um, but in the Dark Knight. Christian Bale's Batman has a lot of tools that people don't give him as much credit for. He has a small yeah. drill in his pocket that he uses to take a sample of that brick out of that wall, which is also a perfect example of an investigative scene. People give him flack for not being as much of a detective of Batman, but he has like all this tech back at, you know, his undercover area. It's not really the Batcave, but in that area under the shipping crate, he has, you know, this ability to investigate this brick and, you know, recreate it so he can take the fingerprint off of it and all this crazy stuff he has you know he has lights he has a geiger counter he has um black lights he has um you know the the bills themselves that are um what are they what's it called irradiated bills that's also a tool that he uses he has the gliding cape that he uses in china he has 
the gun that shoots the timed explosives onto the window, and he has the sonar technology also. So like he has all this incredible tech. And yeah. then the Skyplane is another piece of tech. Yeah, he does have a lot of tech. I think the Batman has a lot as well. They both do. But people don't um, give... People act like Bale's Batman hat, like, is just out there with his knuckles. Like, I feel like people don't give him credit for all out the there with his knuckles, not even making contact with the bad guys. <laughs> well, they're falling. He's doing something right. <laughs> There's actually really good fight scenes in this movie that people also don't give it credit for. I know that it... In the Dark Knight? In the Dark Knight. I know that they use camera tricks to hide some of the... Um, lack of contact or they use camera tricks to try and make it simpler on themselves where, to these fight scenes where would we fit like the fight scene choreography and stuff in our rating systems because i think the the fight scenes are much better in the batman stuff it's part acting and part cinematography yeah because they kind of like acting. split between the two yeah. right um which i think if we're considering that i think my scores on both movies reflect where their fight scenes but the fight scenes are good in the dark knight when he's beating all those guys ass in the club when he's trying to get to like maroney he it's a good fight scene she's under it's it's not looked back on as favorably because some of the ways people make fun of the fights in like the dark knight rises for some of the you know small what could be seen as errors yeah um i think they're the fight scenes are more of a focus in the batman than they are in the dark knight um and i think they're it, it just looks like they put a little more time into developing these fight scenes that kind of add to the story rather than just being a part of the story i think that the dark knight wanted us to think that he's superhuman and that he can move faster than a man that he's a myth that he's a legend so we can't see every second of his fight so the way they cut around makes it look like he's moving impossibly fast and he's impossibly strong taking down people in the blink of an eye i think that was the intention and maybe it doesn't look as good as a Daredevil hallway fight scene, but it's still pretty dang cool to watch. Yeah. Our next category, Andrew, is rewatchability. This is also out of five points. What would you give each of these movies? I would give the Batman a four out of five, and I'll explain why. And I would give the Dark Knight a five out of five, just giving it the edge there. And I'm going to do the same, but reversed. So the Batman, a five out of five, and the Dark Knight, a four out of five. It's your most unbelievable score yet. That next to the acting score. The Dark Knight is more rewatchable for the same reasons that I just said earlier. It does more story in less time. That is inherently increases the rewatchability. It's more entertaining, more action-packed in a shorter amount of time, so it's less of a commitment. Whereas the Batman has like these long, drawn-out scenes that can be cut out, like the following scene of Catwoman just staying on her for like a while while she follows them in the rain on her motorcycle. I feel like the fact that it's longer and I still want to watch that movie more just adds to how much better it is. Adds to how much in terms of the watchability. Adds to how much you're lying about this score. <laughs> the movie's three hours long, and it that definitely takes away from the rewatchability. Apparently not that much because you still gave it a four out of five. Yeah, it's high rewatchability because it's really good. Yes, but I have to cut it down for that for that length and for the fat that can be trimmed off the movie. There's parts where yeah, the, my the length doesn't scare me, Andrew. <laughs> well, I guess you've had a lot of experience with length, <laughs> um, but I would never. I would never turn down a chance to rewatch The Dark Knight. It's just such a good movie. I mean, I finished watching it in preparation for this episode we were we were going to do, and I would have turned around and put it right back on after I finished it. I think I said the same thing when we watched Django Unchained. But those, <laughs> yeah. are, two, those are my two favorite movies. And The Dark Knight, I could easily have like put it back on and been like, oh, like let's let's watch again for the the first. So for the first. 
45 minutes of the movie, I was going line for line with the cast, just saying exactly what every actor was saying <laughs> before or as they were saying it. Like, no, no, like right before. Yeah. And Sierra was like, my you're fiance. So, you're so annoying. She was like, she was like, are you going to watch the movie or are you just going to like try and live the movie? <laughs> and like, and there were still points later in the movie where I'd keep doing it, but I just kind of relaxed and watched the movie after the first 30, 45 minutes. But I was like, I've seen it so many times and just the joy and fun of quoting the movie alongside it brought like a new aspect of entertainment to it even still. And I can't imagine, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but it's a lot. Yeah. I've, I've seen the Batman, I think three or four times. And I mean, it's only been out a year. So that's a high rewatch rate for me on movies. I've seen it three times. I don't often rewatch movies that frequently. Um, I've probably seen the dark Knight maybe six times. So like I'm almost caught up to that, you know, and it's, been out for 14 years compared to one yeah i mean that that timeline you're talking about and that rewatchability it just builds the movie up like a mountain in my mind i mean i'll never pick the batman over the dark knight because the dark knight came out when i was nine years old it's a uh, part of what made me love not only superheroes and and like this world of comics but it's part of what made me love movies in general like i feel like the dark knight is a movie that can be that bridge from like entertainment casual movie watching to like more dramatic and more serious maybe even indie films if you want to go back and watch some of chris nolan's older stuff like it's just that more avant-garde and like experimental stuff when you watch all of nolan's filmography so i feel like it really is a good movie for that bridge yeah i, I think you have a lot of like nostalgia that goes with the dark knight and for me it's just not there like i didn't watch it when it first came out i i wasn't that into superhero movies until a little bit later um so the batman is like i i have more of an emotional connection with that movie and an enjoyment when i look back of the times that i've watched it than i do with the dark knight so i just want to recap some of the points for my team now that we finished our all things on our score so i'll say that my total for the batman came out to 8.8 .8 and my total for the dark knight came out to a 9.4 and The Dark Knight is probably my favorite movie of all time. I love this movie. Um, in, in this category, The Dark Knight just to me comes out on top in every way. They did more with less. In, in, <laughs> they did more with less in terms of the story, uh, in terms of the time and limit, in terms of the budget. They, they had a movie that cost $185 million and they were able to make a billion, whereas The Batman spent. 15 million more dollars. At oh, you want to compare money? And their revenue was 771. Batman million. Begins, the first version of this, had a budget of 150 million and brought in $374 million, which is much, much less than the Batman's first. You can't argue that. You had your yes, chance. You, you had your you had your chance to debate Batman Begins. Yes, I can. We're, we're, when it comes to money no, like that, we're, we're debating sure. we're debating the Batman versus for the Dark Knight. Sure. I gave you that olive branch, you rebuffed it, so you don't get to use that point. No, you can use all the Academy Awards and stuff, but the, the money and the revenue and stuff, a lot of that is because it, it's our, it's the second movie. Well, then you should have argued Batman Begins. You chose not to. You cut your, you cut your own foot off there, buddy. Okay, but it's uh, still the facts. So, also, I mean, the, the numbers are still there, whether you want to listen to them or not. Also, it comes out on top in every way critically. So it comes out, it has more Oscar nominations, more Oscar wins. It spent less and made more. It had more story in less amount of time. It had better actors. There's a bunch of like nominated or Oscar winning movies that are not necessarily better than movies that weren't even nominated or, or won anything. 
Yeah, but I'm acknowledging the point that we know that those Academy Awards are given out from industry peers. And so huge sample size audiences have said with their money, with their ratings, and with their Oscar nomination votes that The Dark Knight is definitively a better movie and that The Batman is not. And also the IMDb Top 100 says it too. So every source you can go to, I even pulled some people on the street. I talked to my friends and family. Pulled people all on of the them, street. All of them said The Dark Knight was better than The Batman. Good for them. So all you've got is your personal taste and these are facts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie's been out longer. So more people have seen it more times. More people have grown up with it and developed a, an emotional attachment. To By it. the time of the Oscars for each of them, it was the same amount of time between they were released and the Oscars. So basically. So that, that factor doesn't matter for the Oscars. They're both in the theaters for, pro, assume I would assume, a similar duration of time. And if The Dark Knight was in theaters longer, it's because more people were buying more tickets. That's, I mean, I could argue even that The Dark Knight in 2008, like, tickets cost less than they do now in 2022, and they still made more money in 2008 with The Dark Knight. So, just saying. So my total score for The Batman came out to a 9.3 out of 10. And The Dark Knight, an 8.2 out of 10. Point two. 8.2. What is your total for Memento today? Um, we not just, too we, far we just off recently that. filmed an 8.2 as well. Yeah, we just filmed an episode of Memento. You think they're equally good movies? I guess so, according to this rating. But do you think they're equally good movies outside of the rating? I would prefer to watch The Dark Knight over Memento. Sure. What did you give The Dark Knight on rewatchability? Four. But you gave Memento a five and you just said you'd prefer right. to watch The Dark Knight. Good point. So but, can we trust but this that's man? Not, can that's we trust not, him? The rewatchability isn't like, hey, which one would you rather watch compared to another? It's how many times would you want to rewatch it if asked five times? Not like, hey, do you want to watch this movie or this movie? You know what I mean? If you say so, I guess there's a slight difference. If you say so. I mean, if you ask me five times. So, to that's watch, what this rewatchability category is. If you ask me five not, times to watch two different movies, the one that I would say yes to more times is the one that I would rather watch over the other one. That's just what, for me, I guess. I guess your brain's wired a little different. I see. Yeah. We're wording it different ways and different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I guess so. Some Perspective. People, some people like the Batman better and some people like the Dark Knight, you know, better. Most people. Yeah. Scient right. Scientifically, most people. <laughs> so, I want to know what you guys think. Do you agree with Andrew uh, with the Dark Knight or the myself with the Batman? Do you which do you prefer? And I didn't, dude. I didn't even mention. You're so far away from your microphone right now. I didn't even mention Michael Caine yet. Do you prefer this amazing yeah. relationship on screen and also? Bro, we, I didn't even mention Colin Farrell That's as true. Penguin That's yet, true. We, which I think blows away Michael Caine's performance, dude. Honestly, Dude. I would pick Michael Caine's performance. No way. No, I, come come on. on. I cried from Michael Caine. Come on, man. I, I didn't cry from Colin Farrell. Come on. I mean, they're both really good. But the relationship dynamic you've got between Michael Caine as Alfred and Chris, Christian Bale as Batman versus like Andy Serkis and Robert Pattinson, that is nothing. That is trash. I hate that relationship dynamic between that Batman and Alfred. But the Dark Knight's Batman and Alfred is so deeply connected and interwoven. The father-son relationship and bond is so strong and like... I respect it and love it so much like to see it threatened in any form in any of those three movies it just like it puts me like in personal peril like don't like don't so attach this movie my gosh dude the the <laughs> but they just don't do it as good like the i mean the relationship with gordon and batman is good in both yes 
but the relationship with the Alfred and Batman, there is a clear winner. You can't tell me there's not. I like the possibility of how the Batman set up the relationship. Which one forward. is better? Don't even think, regardless of the future, which one was better in the movies we're discussing? Which relationship was better? Um, in the Dark Knight, but not by much. I think there's more layers. Not by much. Yeah. Not by much. Yeah. <laughs> by the biggest. There's thing. just different layers to it from each movie. Whatever the num, whatever the term is for like the biggest measure of distance, like by a light year, <laughs> that's the distance between that's the two the alpha distance. relationships. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let uh, us know what you think in the comments. Do you agree with Andrew, or are you gonna trash me? Either way, let us know. Down those in are the both. Comments. Those are both agreeing with me. The two options you gave. I know. That's yeah. what I said. <laughs> do you? I agree. Hey. I mean, do you agree with me, or do you we think post Aaron's new terrible? episodes every Monday and Thursday on our YouTube channel, Backseat Directing? We're on Spotify and apple music and anywhere else you get your podcast so go over there subscribe follow the show we post little clips and stuff from our episodes on instagram youtube shorts facebook and tiktok that yeah. was the one i was if missing. you're if you're see, listening to this on spotify go ahead and respond in the polls and let us know which who won this debate we'll put it in our polls and anywhere else that you guys want to go on you can put it in the comments we'll argue debate let us know points we missed why aaron's wrong why i'm right put it you know just Type it in there. And that's, that's a wrap. wrap.